Hello, welcome to the Cartography Podcast. This episode will be about language. Language is something that uh, is, to me, a really interesting topic in general and uh, throughout my life has been very relevant. I've had lots of opportunities to just uh, consider language as a form of media. And uh, in, in studying different languages in my life, I have, I feel, learned um, quite a lot about that. For example... Uh, some of our listeners may find it interesting to know uh, that in the Korean language, which I studied for a, about a year and a half when I was in the military, there is no word for me or my or I uh, that is commonly used. Uh, they refer to everything in terms of our and we, which I think uh, you know really kind of says a lot about that language, for example, in, in the context of, um, of how language reflects culture. Yeah, it's interesting to think about how language doesn't really only allow you just to see things from a different perspective, but to literally think in a different perspective. So uh, I speak Spanish pretty fluently. Uh, I can speak a little bit of Italian. Why don't you talk about the languages that you speak? Yeah, so um, I also speak Spanish relatively fluently, uh, although not particularly well grammatically, but I can usually communicate pretty well in Spanish. Um, as I said, I studied Korean for a year and a half in the military and uh, got pretty fluent at it at that time. And while there's still a lot of it that I retain, you know, you guys can imagine I haven't really used much of it since I've been out. So it's, uh, it's gotten a little rusty. Um, and then, of course, I'm a uh, pretty much a native first-generation Russian speaker. Um, so what's interesting to me is that the, the languages that I have familiarity with are all in very different kind of language categories. And uh, as we're sort of trying to talk about, that that can give a lot of insight, you know, into um, just kind of general cultural norms and the way that different people tend to think. Have you ever had dreams in another language other than English? Definitely in Russian. Yeah. I mean, Russian is technically my first language. Like I learned to speak it as a baby and then learned English by default, you know, living in the U.S. So um, I kind of communicate just about as fluently in Russian as I do in English, but just not at like a very high level of vocabulary. Yeah. I remember when I was learning Spanish that after like a couple years, it became pretty clear that after understanding um, not only just the idioms within the language, but just the way in that phrases are particularly structured, that it, it really does allow you to sort of like take on a different personality when you're learning the language. Uh, but I, th I think the interesting part about that is that like there is a specific uh, character to each language. So like in Spanish, for example, uh, like there seems to be sort of like a, a machismo in like <laughs> endemic into the language itself. And it's true that it's a romance language where you get like the O's and the A's to signal mm -hmm. um, like, I guess, gender. Uh, it's a very gender oriented language. Yeah. 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 But I, I, what became clear is that like you really do develop a different uh, personality when you learn mm -hmm. a new language. And it seems that there are like specific personalities that are more commonly represented in 
specific languages. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that kind of, I think, um, connects very well to just the general cultural aspect that we're talking about. Um, I think what you're talking about is like a much more sort of surface level, you know, like you just, whether you realize it or not, uh, I, I mean, part of that could just be boiled down to, you know, you're hanging out with people, like in the process of learning these languages, you're being exposed to either people or, you know, the content that their communication conveys, if you're like listening to it, you know, in some kind of language learning software, but to whatever extent you're learning it, you are kind of being exposed to uh, those cultural norms that are reflected in that language. And of course, if it, I would argue, you know, to the same extent that um, language is more effectively learned by pure immersion, in other words, people who uh, just move to, you know, France will learn to speak French much more fluently than someone who uh, uh, studies it in, in college. I would say to that same extent, even studying it in college or, or taking lessons in person is going to give you kind of that much more uh, just fluency and context and will, um, uh, you know, that effect you're talking about where you kind of take on that personality. I mean, in a way, you can kind of just call that being fluent um, because, you know, the idea of language, especially spoken language, is to be able to effectively communicate with people. And you kind of need to approach people in a way that conforms to their culture. You know, language is just one mechanism for that. I think the culture becomes embedded into the language itself. So like this is even clear in Spanish uh, because the Spanish that's spoken in Spain is different than the Spanish in Argentina, um, is different than the Spanish in El Salvador. And each one has their own like cultural references that would indicate like where you learn Spanish from, right? So like, even though you speak the language, like the culture is specifically represented in the local dialects. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think you could even argue to a degree, maybe it's a bit too much deconstruction, but I think kind of history supports this a little bit that, you know, uh, the difference between dialects and languages is kind of a little bit of a fallacy. You know, I mean, I think you could kind of look at dialects themselves as, as really languages and the extent to which they have commonalities with the larger lingua franca, you know, the official language of the, the nation or the society, whatever, um, you know, you could think of that the same way that you would think of similarities across languages in the same category. I mean, so I, I guess I kind of want to say that to point out that a lot of this terminology is really pretty subjective. You know, like uh, these ideas of language families, like the Romance languages versus the Slavic languages or whatever other languages. Um, I mean, clearly there are uh, identifiable patterns and, and similarities in those families, but I'm not entirely sure it's, uh, you know, the most accurate objective to take to see these things as, as uh, kind of part of one larger thing, you know? While we're on the romance languages, it would be interesting to talk about the idea of how there's sort of an implicit philosophical understanding uh, that's also conveyed in the language. So for example, with romance languages, uh, they use a lot of reflexive verbs and there's reflexive <laughs> verbs in English as well, but it's not quite the same. So like in Spanish and Italian, for example, I'm sure Portuguese and French as well. Uh, but in, in the reflexive verbs in those languages, 
there's this implicit philosophical understanding that emotions control people. So like in Spanish, for example, you would say, like if you're trying to say that, um, that I like pizza, you would really be saying pizza likes me. You're almost kind of saying like the experience of liking pizza has happened to me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it's interesting to think about how that, like if people have read uh, any of the like ancient Roman or Greek epic poems, um, a lot of those convey that same sort of idea where like people are possessed by emotions and that's sort of like a philosophical outlook that is like literally embedded in the language. Um, and that's still how those people uh, talk and think today. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's reflected in, in the mythology of the classical era as well, where, you know, uh, emotions are oftentimes characterized by gods visiting people, you know, or spirits. Um, and uh, I think that that works very well with, with this idea of, of um, you know, Latin languages kind of um, uh, describing emotions and states of being as things that kind of come to you or come over you. It, one of my favorite things with, um, with romance languages, of course, you know, the term romance comes from the Romans and, um, uh, you know, most romance languages are in fact the, the places in the world that uh, were once the, the Western Roman empire. And, um, uh, it, it's interesting to note that our, our words for test, testimony, testosterone, several other words that have that prefix uh, go back to the Latin root, uh, and the word test meant truth. So I think it's kind of interesting that the, <laughs> the, the Romans connected the, the idea of uh, truth or integrity, if you will, with, uh, with the concept of masculinity. Uh, there are actually many, many references uh, to this uh, throughout the Bible and throughout lots of different classical uh, texts. But, you know, just a really good example, I think, of, of the extent to which uh, a culture's sort of uh, philosophy and, and way of thinking works its way into their way of speaking. Yeah, it's, fa it's really fascinating to go back and research the roots of words. I think that's a really interesting way to do, like, analysis. And if you take, like, a linguistics course... Like in college, for example, this is the type of stuff that that you would do. Um, but yeah, even in that's even true in Japanese, like with Buddhism, it's like specifically embedded in the in the language again. So like a lot of the idioms are like actually like uh, philosophical koans, like from there. What's a philosophical well, koan? It it would be like um, I can't come up with any on the spot right now, but like how they have like a philosophical like one-liner but it, it would be like something that is like specifically from the buddhist philosophy and it would just be like a thing that you would say in passing to each other i but, see like, like yeah I can't, like god I can't works in mysterious ways yeah, exactly yeah but yeah. there's like a lot of them and uh, -huh. uh so then like if you learn japanese like you actually learn like a little bit of like the philosophy like inadvertently mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it is pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, uh, there are a lot of different languages that reflect that kind of thing. And, and um, I would encourage folks to the extent that they're interested in this kind of thing. I 100% agree with you that studying uh, the, the roots of words is uh, one of the most effective ways to research just about anything. It's extremely illuminating when you, when you learn about, um, you know, the, the, process of formation of the language that you use and uh how it was kind of conceived of by the people who conceived of it 
Yeah, you know, I think that's also related to like directly how we do, not only how we do, but how we think about mathematics as well. So I had a roommate in college who was Chinese and he was explaining to me one time about how uh, like Chinese specifically, but I know this is also true of Korean and Turkish, um, like how they're more conducive to uh, like doing higher order mathematics than say English is, for example. Um, So like the way that he, I, I can't remember everything that he said, but I remember one thing he was saying, like how in English we, we have one through nine, 10, and then after 10 is 11. But in Chinese, it's literally 10 and one, 10 and two. Exactly. And like to a child, it just makes it like that much more accessible. Of course. This is the way that he described it anyway. Yep. Yep. That's exactly correct. Um, Their numbers in in Korean, at least I can speak to. um, Interestingly, Korean actually has two sets of numbers as well as uh, two alphabets that they commonly use. One is the native and the other is uh, the Chinese. So they have just like, uh, I guess you could say Koreanized, you know, they pronounce it in the Korean way, but they just use Chinese numbers. Um, And then they have a a set of their own. So the Chinese ones that they use are the ones that they use typically for uh, arithmetic and and mathematics. And uh, that absolutely is sort of set up exactly as you describe it, like it's base of 10 and uh, all of the the numbers are just an incredibly logical and easy to plug into equations. Yeah, as far as I know, all modern languages are in base 10, but that wasn't always the case. Um, and for people who don't know much about mathematics, that just means that you're like basically resetting every 10 numbers. Um, <laughs> so for example, binary would be base two. Um, and then also, so like the, the Babylonians and the Sumerians used base 60 the Mayans used base 18, but like that, that would uh, like really affect the way that, that you talk about this stuff linguistically. I mean, this isn't an episode about mathematics. I guess we could do that <laughs> episode a different time. Yeah. I'll have to mostly listen in that one. <laughs> yeah. Base. I mean, base 10 probably, I, I don't know the actual origin of it, but I mean, it would make sense if you have like 10 fingers that like, it would be easy to count out 10 that way. So, I mean, that might be a reason that we've sort of evolved, uh, to, to think about mathematics in base 10, but that's just yeah. speculation on my part. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 10, I think we could probably all agree is like a really sort of psychologically easy to understand number for us. It could very well have to do with the number of our fingers. It could just have to do with like, uh, different ways of, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sitting here like theorizing as you're talking about, you know, Chinese, Korean, and Turkish, those are all these sorts of, uh, these cultures which evolved out of like a pastoralist, you know, like a shepherding sort of a culture. And I, I almost wonder if something about that uh, is somehow... If you'd like to hear the rest of this conversation, please subscribe to the Cartography Podcast at patreon.com.